I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about the Popia Act. We're chatting about what the Act means, who it applies to, and what role technology plays when it comes to Popia. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to ensure your business is compliant. I'm joined by Derek van der Linde from Cousin, Herzog and Horak. Derek, welcome. Uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Morning, Haku. Uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, Derek van der Linde, as you said, is from Cousin, Herzog and Horak Incorporated. We're a law firm here and we do a lot of a wide range of work. We've been um, in business since 1929, so you can imagine we've had a lot of stuff to deal with. And the law, as ever-changing as it is, has allowed us to uh, deal with the circumstances. Okay, thank you very much. So let's start with um, question number one. What is the Popia Act? All right, uh, on a very basic level, the Poppy Act is the Protection of Personal Information Act. Uh, but it's it sounds a lot more scary than you think. I think the legislator has realized that. And it's I think it's everything that uh, a lot of businesses have realized before, is that information is uh, extremely valuable, and a lot of information is being thrown around uh, from one end of the spectrum to the other. So when you hear the protection of personal information, it shouldn't frighten you. It should rather empower you. Okay, so uh, and that was actually now the next question I wanted to ask. So what is the purpose of the Act? Well, the purpose of the Act would be uh, not just to protect personal information, but also to regulate and formalize the flow of information. So when you've got, for instance, you've got, uh, well, I'll take, I'll just make an example, uh, any business, all right? So any business that uh, receives a request or, you know, a job or something that they have to do, they have to take the customer's information down. Uh, and that business will then take down information and, you know, without that information, they're not able to process uh, or do what they require to, what they're getting paid to do. Now, at the end of the day, um, that information must be kept somewhere and it must, and it's given with the consent of the person, obviously, because if you don't have that information, you can't deliver services. Okay. So once you give the information, you do the transaction, the question is now, what do you do with the information afterwards? Uh, this is where the Act will want you to say, well, the information is being stored here for record purposes, for tax or for whatever, uh, financial purposes, financial records, for a period of, for instance, five years in some instances, seven years in other instances. Uh, but they want you to now basically formalize that and just say, this is where it's stored and this is how we deal with the information. Okay, so almost like, a, can we call it a chain of custody of, uh, is, that, is that too technical? That I think I think people, you're probably referring to a chain of evidence. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. In short, you they just want to be able to track the information because information they they want to stop people from selling other people's information, and they okay. want to say to people, "Listen, you've got the right to be forgotten. Uh, you've got the right to set, to opt out to marketing." I mean, um, there are a lot of people who get dozens of phone calls every day. And they'd say, but where did you get my data from or my information from? And uh, at the end of the mm. day, 
people would just not answer the question. Yes. And always just put the break the connection off. You put the phone down, and then um, they wouldn't have to answer it. Now you'd be able to go to any business and say, "All right, uh, I'd like to see your poppy manual. I'd like to see how you got my information, or where you got it from, and how it's being stored and what it's being used for." And even though you did consent, at a stage, perhaps by signing a flyer or whatever, you um, you can still say, "Well, I don't want to consent any longer." And and I I assume so. Obviously, we in the world of technology. So the, the immediate assumption is is that um, we're talking about digital records. But I assume papers uh, count as well. Yeah. If so fill in a document. Yeah. Look, any information that can be stored, whether it's uh, manually or in in, di- you know, in digital uh, print, uh, where if information is processed when it is when you're able to store it and take it down and keep it or, or intend to keep it for record purposes. So, I mean, it's the definition is very broad. Okay. So, and it's on this point where I think there's a lot of uh, assumptions and, and um, how can I say, Saturday or couch lawyers. So what is regarded as personal information? The definition is extremely, uh, it's a large, it's a wide definition. The question should rather not be what is personal information, but rather to what extent is information de-identified so that you cannot identify a person or link it to somebody. So once information is can be linked to a person or an, an individual, then it's personal information. So let's say, for instance, you've got my name and you've got my email address. That's personal information. Even though it's my business email address, whatever the case is, it's personal information. Because that's um, what I'm saying is the, the, the weekend lawyers or the, or the amateur lawyers, um, they, uh, I've heard a lot of discussions where people say, you know, as long as you don't store financial information of customers, then, then Popia doesn't really apply. Uh, but it's like you say, if I go to your, your practice today, and I've got to fill in that uh, COVID form with my name, email address, and telephone number. That's personal information. Yes. As long as it can uh, identify you uh, with that information, then it's personal information. But uh, so also when people will probably say, who does the act apply to? Uh, that's one of the obviously relevant question. But uh, it's, it's easier to answer in the negative and say, who doesn't it apply to? So it doesn't apply to personal or household uh, processes. If you make a little uh, shopping list and you're saying, I'm buying this for my, for my one child and my other child, this and this is what their needs are, you don't need consent for them or whatever to okay. process that information because it's a household. It's purely for household purposes. You're saying, this is what I'm getting, this is what I need for my children and whatnot. Um, then like the government doesn't need... Uh, you know, they don't need consent to do certain things. You can imagine it, those will be crime-related things. I mean, the police don't need your consent to investigate you for crimes, for instance, or if you're being investigated for certain terrorist acts, then uh, they don't need your consent to investigate you. Or um, the uh, processes of the purpose of the act is not also to stop people from litigating. So you as a... Th- Let's say you were involved in a car accident and the other person on the other end, don't want, they don't want to give you their details. And they say, because I'm protected by Poppy. That's just not true. Okay. Uh, but that doesn't mean that Poppy doesn't apply. 
So even though you'll go to a lawyer or somebody to assist you, at the end of the day, poppy will apply, but it won't be a defense. So, so interesting. So, like you say, if if uh, we contract with a with a customer, for example, and he has to give us an ID of his a copy of his ID so that he can uh, fika and rika, that would be considered personal information, obviously. Yes, it would be. However, the uh, you, you, it can't be used as a defence against you or as a defence to not provide it because the uh, there is an obligation in terms of law placed on businesses to fika. Uh, people and businesses and companies and uh, that obligation uh, is not uh, taken away with the Poppy Act. Correct. But if if uh, my business requires to FICA you and you, or RICA you and you give me your a copy of your personal information, then Poppy applies to me because I've got to make sure then that I uh, protect the information that you shared with me. Exactly. So you'd have to say, well, I, I think, and this is where people don't give themselves enough credit. I think a lot of businesses do go about with personal information in a very responsible manner. I don't think any business uh, at the end of a term or a quarter takes all its information and then sells it yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to the next best, uh, next best uh, business. Like It just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. And that's why I'm just saying it's, it's the formalization of what businesses have been doing all along. And people want to be, be able to have access to say, uh, listen, Yaku, I've know provided you with my identity document um, I'm no longer working at whatever business it is I'd like you to remove it please and that's it and then you should be able to say oh yes I've received that now thank uh, thank you for your request I know how to locate it and you can send a certificate to him when you can draft yourself obviously it has to be signed and that's got certain consequences yeah will you say to him uh, we had this information on file of you and uh, we've deleted it Simple as that, and uh, that should be the end of it. Okay, um, so something that's interesting that I haven't even thought of until we're having this conversation now. Um, a lot of time in in um, tenders, I've seen, uh, especially in, in our technology world, uh, the the ten the person that put out the tender would uh, require CVs and um, details of of engineers that's going to work on the on the project. Is it impossible to say, no, I don't feel comfortable to, to provide my personal information? Or, like you say, that, that really doesn't become a, a defense per se? Yeah, look, so we must remember we're people and people dealing with people and people want certain things. So if you want to win the tender, you have to supply the information. Uh, one of the things you have to say in your, in your manual, not in your manual, in your terms and conditions, you say to them that uh, the information that you provide with us uh, to us will be used for purposes of X, Y, and Z and it must only be used for purposes of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And that if you don't provide that information to us, well, then we can't consider you for A, B, and C. Okay. And uh, that should be, it's, it's a cause and effect. So it, it, if, they, if they say to you simply, um, I'm not going to give it to you because... Uh, I don't want to then you say that's great I'm really happy about that but then I can't con- consider you for further processes simple as that okay so uh, and, and then my next question was almost um, does do, does uh, Poppia apply to all businesses but I, I I think maybe I'd almost like to reword it and say are there businesses that, that Poppia won't apply to no, unfortunately not no okay. so um, if uh, the Poppia Act 
in general it'll apply to it will apply to all businesses uh but perhaps some state owned entities i i mean but yeah. it's not a business <laughs> if you know what i mean, yes. I mean they pref- perform a public duty like police etc correct so, to certain of their procedures they won't it won't apply to them but virtually each, each and every business will it'll have to apply to each and every business whether it's a company or a one man show Okay, so now let's bring it back to to uh, the world that I live in, the technology world. So in this technology world, what role does does uh, technology play in this Popia world? Because obviously, uh, emails get sent. Uh, there's there's possibility that people can get hacked. That was unintentional. Um, so so what are the the risks that people uh, or business typically face there, and 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 how does one address that? Yeah, so I think that's why the Poppy Act is also assisting people in dealing with that. Uh, the Poppy Act will, when you when you look at um, what typically happens is an email will be intercepted or a false, uh, it will be from a false domain or whatever the case is, and uh, that email will have false information on it, etc., etc., and that will lure you as an individual to give personal information of a certain person or, or of yourself to that third party who's you know, acting maliciously. Uh, then if you've got a poppy compliance uh, manual, before you give out such information, you, there will be certain hoops that you have to jump through. And that will probably stop you from doing it. You'll okay. probably say, hey, but who is this person who's requesting it? Because there are forms and ways of, a, of requesting information. It has to be done the right way. So the person who has to, who is requesting the information, will have to ask security questions or answer security questions before you hand them the information. So that's one of the benefits I think of the Poppy Act is that it, the fact is it's forcing you to have a, a manual mm. in which you are taught to deal with information in a responsible manner, and it will also be able to give you a manner of auditing your processes and saying oh, this is where the gap is, or this is where somebody went wrong. And then in that way, you can protect yourself. Uh, so, and, and that's such an important thing that you're mentioning, because, you, you know, I think the perception is out there is that, uh, you know, the, it's, it's big businesses that, that's at risk. But like you said earlier, every, every business actually has to go through this process and is actually unintended benefits in a, in a sense that they formalize these processes, which uh, normally... Um, they wouldn't take that seriously. It, it, it can actually help them. If if a business gets uh, gets hacked and some of that information slips out, uh, does that mean that they're in big trouble then? Well, so most businesses have third parties, contractors like uh, security company, uh, cyber security companies, and cyber security programs. So there are warrants, warrants and guarantees provided by those cyber companies, and obviously the the request is rather, well, the question is rather, uh, what amount of human error it was part of the process? You can never be blamed for something that somebody else has done. It's, it's that person's fault. It's not your point. Oh. It's not your fault. Okay. But uh, if there's a human error element in there, then I mean, you should be able to say where did we go wrong. So in terms of the Poppy Act, uh, they there are certain statutory offenses that you can commit where it's almost impossible for you to say it's not my fault so that'll be in cases where the information regulator sends out uh, an infringement notice and you just don't adhere to the infringement notice I mean then 
on black and white on paper. You've, they've requested you to do A and you haven't done it, so now you'll be guilty of an offense. But when it comes to uh, information being stolen, you could not have the intent to steal it because somebody else did it. So then the, they'll take a looking glass and see, okay, how did they steal it? And then they'll say, okay, your processes weren't good enough or weren't that enough. But at the end of the day, your your risk isn't really only linked to if something was stolen, but the, the risk, it's, it's your intent, whether you had intent in that and whether damages were suffered as a result of it. Those are the two legs that they add in the offenses. And um, I don't see in circumstances where most businesses uh, you know, have the intent to be robbed, <laughs> first of all, yeah. and the intent to cause themselves and their clients uh, damages. So I, I don't see it happening. So, so that's interesting because, um, you know, we always talk about the IT guy. Everybody's got an IT guy, but um, and, and it's, a, it's a recurring theme on the show where we, where we speak, you know, so, so if I'm an IT person or an IT supplier, I'm, I'm, um, my expertise might lie more in the sense of, you know, supporting the computers and the server that you're running. I might not necessarily be a security expert, but, uh, you know, I'm the guy that people go to. And, I, and, and, and I'll tell you, no, don't worry about it, Eric, your, the security is fine, but it actually wasn't. So, so it's almost just that extra check and balance that that uh, to make sure that that you, that IT person then gives you some form of of assurance that everything is taken care of. No, definitely, and I think well, part of the plan isn't just uh, this poppy manual that people have to draft. It's not just to say how you deal with information, but it's also how to to say how it's, your plan is imp- to be implemented and how the plan is to be maintained which will include like an audit schedule saying that at each at the end of each month month were there any information breaches mm-hmm. did this happen did that happen so you try and put as many safety nets in place and the the IT part or the cyber cr- crime part of that is extremely important because I think that's where most people have risk uh, that's where something's going to go wrong but a, a lot, a lot of customers that we come across say, "Yeah, but you know, I'm not technical. I don't understand any of that." So if my IT guy says everything is fine, then I, you know, I just trust him. And I, and I think that's the the mindset shift that people have to get into is yeah. to say, "Well, um, maybe it is worthwhile to get a second opinion or independent opinion that that I have actually checked all of the all of the relevant boxes." Yeah. Well, the Poppy Act will require that an information officer and a deputy information officer be registered. And the information officer, there are duties and obligations which they have to fulfill, and that will include the auditing of the system. Okay. So okay. at the end of the day, once you've uh, been appointed as the information officer, there's a duty on you to ensure what that you know the processes are being followed. So you can't plead ignorance and say, oh, I didn't know. Exactly, but the act doesn't, it doesn't leave you alone. It says to you, to you that you can um, you can request assistance, and that's why you can appoint a deputy information officer, and you can assign tasks that, to them, and they must assist you. So even though us lawyers, we obviously love to write letters and <laughs> provide people with uh, demands saying that you have to warrant and guarantee our safety and this and that and the other thing, there's still a duty of care on the information officer and the deputy information officer. And they'll have to get involved, and they'll have to know their processes. 
Okay, cool. And then I think my last question, and we always like to try and make things practical. So if if I'm a if I'm a small business uh, or a medium business or a large business, and I was of the opinion that uh, the Poppy Act doesn't apply to me because I don't hold financial records or whatever the story is, uh, and I've now listened to this, where do I start? Very first thing you do is you must. In, register an information officer and a deputy information officer. The registration deadline, w- it was uh, the 1st of July, 2021. Okay. However, they have now said that we do not, uh, uh, their own system is under strain and there's glitches in the own system of the information regulator. And that's why I think people must rather cooperate with the information regulator because they've admitted you've got some trouble registering people and they're not going to hold it against you. They've in fact said that that deadline is no longer there. Please just register as soon as possible and we'll get you going from the start. So um, register as an information officer and then start writing down how your information is being treated and take it from there. Okay, cool. And I think for me... The, the one big theme that came out of today is it, it, we actually mustn't uh, look at this as a negative or punitive process. There's actually a lot of positive upside that, we, that a business can derive from, from knowing what it's doing with its data. It can actually help the business. No, I agree with that. I think it makes a lot of business sense. Okay. Thank you, Derek. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember, you can listen to all the episodes on the Cliff Central app or the website, and for added convenience, you can also subscribe to a podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. If you're looking for help with your communication um, tools in your business, make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.